Hey guys, Jennifer Hobbs here with another episode of Celebrate the Struggle, where I really want to open up a space where we can get comfortable with the uncomfortable and talk about things that we might tiptoe around or maybe even have preconceived notions about and provide a safe place to talk about those. So I have the pleasure of being here with a fellow Army veteran, Andy Wines. He is a Army Reserve Career Counselor now. Andy, what's up? Thanks for being here. No, absolutely. I uh, I already love the premise behind your podcast and the words you use. Um, big fan of you know the finding the comfort and the discomfort um, because whatever there's discomfort, but you got to be comfortable in it, right? And uncomfortable is a choice, I think. So big fan of that. Also the word struggle, huge fan. Um, I, I have fought over that word in a positive way. I, I look at life as the hustle, the struggle, and the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've gotten shitty with a lot of people um, with regard to the way that veterans struggle because they think it's a negative connotation and it's just a reality. Struggle is a, it, it's a, it's a thing. We all struggle. It's what you do and how you choose to struggle. That's what defines you. And then positive and negative is subjective and bullshit. So here we are. I didn't ask if we could swear. I just assumed we were. So here we are. Yes. Your podcast, not mine. But <laughs> no. And, and you, you na- thank you so much for saying all that. Because that is exactly what, like, the re- it's just, it's the reason why I resigned from teaching after 12 years. Because, like, I want to step into this space where um struggle, like, we have a decision to make. You could either throw yourself a pity party. And that's going to be a hot, tough pill for some people to swallow that aren't at the place where they can acknowledge like, hey, this happened to me. It's not going to define my future. But and then people that are stuck in that spot where you don't take accountability and you don't figure out that it is up to me to change the way things are going to be. And so you're right. Struggle and, and is just inevitable. And I think it's a problem in, a, in our community. It's a, it's a crutch within our veteran community. We all struggle. Right. Let's put the preference. Right. We all struggle. We all struggle with that transformation from service member to veteran or service member to civilian, whatever, right? Everyone's a veteran these days, I guess. But we all live in that struggle, but that is what, how we choose to struggle is what defines us. I think one of the challenges I see with veterans and when I, when I talk with other veterans group is there are some of us that struggle openly and honestly, and we just fucking get after it. And even the ones that are business owners, like, okay, you're unemployable, then start a fucking business. Do your own hustle, what you're doing. You don't like the education system? Then start your own fucking thing. Those are your options. Do or don't, right? However, the challenge I really will see, and I'll call on veterans because I've been there too. If you struggle and you want to start blaming the army, blaming the military, blaming the pre- fuck off. <laughs> like, fuck off. And, and I'm, I'm looking at everyone that's done. We've all done it at some point. We've right. all done the what was me. We've all walked through the halls of the VA like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. And then you see someone without no fucking light. Or you see a Vietnam veteran who can't fucking breathe because he's got Agent Orange. You see all, and you're like, all right, I'm a bitch. I got to move about my business. <laughs> and, even, exactly. and even veterans, like, it, I feel like a lot of veterans are, they get un, un, unnecessary amount of publicity because they struggle worse and they struggle harder. But then you're just a fucking victim. Mm-hmm. Don't be a fucking victim. So um, I thought about this podcast the last couple of days. I, you know, I, I work with veterans every day. I work with veteran business owners. And again, it's like any other group of people. Everything is in thirds, right? There's the one third that will, the one that might, and the one third that will never, right? And there are some veterans that will never bitch, never complain. There are some that will sometimes, you know, the maybe people. 
And then there's the people that are always going to play. They're always going to bitch. You know what? Chances are they were a bitch before they joined the military, and they just happen to have a platform to be a bitch now. Uh-huh. And I'm saying that. So if you're a veteran, choose to bitch when necessary, right? Or 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 own your situation. Or if you're mm. gonna be a bitch, just do it quietly. Do mm. it. Do it. And that's it. It, it. I love all veterans. I will give my time to all veterans, but I'll only give you as much as you're willing to give yourself and Yourself. your own your own effort within the struggle because you're Absolutely. not fucking special anyways we haven't got to the questions i'm already well <laughs> no that, that brings me to a question that's not, brings me to a question that's not even on this list you know you said so have you ever had because because i've had this issue with like a close person that i've served with and and i feel like like i had to like that, that relationship was toxic I, I no longer could like i figured out that it was making things worse for me and and like they were just gonna be in this little pity party throwing themselves like why me why me have you ever had someone really close to you like a a battle that they are stuck in that and how'd you handle oh yeah i uh i have a really close friend of mine i did not serve with her but um she served with a guy that i now serve with right so it's like that one degree of separation she's fucking awesome i met her she was going through some shit. Um, we just threw some spades and had a bonfire and did like all the cool stuff. We kind of hung out all summer. And she was good people. I, I, whatever. But she kept making the same fucking mistakes. And her therapist told her, don't do this thing. And then she went and did the fucking thing that she was told. We told her not to do it. Therapist told her not to do it. Family told her not to do it. And then she went and did it. And that's fine. Right? I'll still stand by you. But then alcohol was her choice. Like, hey, I fucked up. Now I'm going to drink and now I'm going to be, now I'm going to throw my own fucking pity party. Mm-hmm. And I was at her house. I had picked her up from the airport because she would often did the stupid thing with some stupid boy. Right. And I picked her up the airport. I got her back, whatever. And then she started drinking. I was like, I don't want to be around you when you drink because you are not taking accountability for your fucking actions. You're throwing this pity party and I'm not having it. Right. I can love you from a distance. I can support you from a distance, but I also have a problem with alcohol when I'm not in a good place. So I'm not going to sit here and watch you do what I've already also done, but I'll be honest with you. I was like that. I remember she got up. I can remember like it was yesterday. Got up and got a drink. And I was like, that isn't helping. She goes, I don't care. Fine. If you don't fucking care, then I can't care enough for you. I didn't talk to her for six months. I would answer the call. You know, I would invite her to shit, but I didn't really talk to her like we did before. And it was maybe six, eight months later. She's like, you're a fucking asshole. But I needed to hear that. Absolutely. And that was it. And it worked out all right. And she's like, I had to own my shit. And at the time, I didn't want to listen. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to use my time and energy on a person that's not in a place to receive the information, especially when I know I am susceptible to getting stuck in their hole with them. Right. I will go, I will go in your hole. I will push you. I will prod you. I will lift you out of your fucking hole. But if you don't want to get out of your fucking hole. Right. I, I can't do it for you. You're going to crawl back in as soon as I walk away. And that's just a, a very simple example. But there are plenty of veterans I've served with where it, beca- it came to a point where it was toxic for me. And then I got to look out for number one. Because if I'm not right, I'm not a good veteran. I'm not a good battle buddy. I'm not a good uh, father. I'm not a good business owner. I'm not a good significant other. And nobody can take that away. Because I got a soft spot for veterans. Right? But I can't let someone else negatively impact me to a point where I can't then function and give to uh, people, places, things that are more deserving of my time and expertise. Selfish, right. but it's also it's also self-sustaining. 
Yeah. So totally not selfish. Like it's, we would be in addition to enabling a battle buddy in a situation yep. like that, if we were to stand by and let them deal with their shit that way, not only are we enabling them, but we're setting ourselves up for failure. If you like, and I, I as well, like struggle with alcohol when I'm in bad places. And so yep. I ended up finding myself that like, wow, this, this has been toxic. Like this, this is doing nothing. It's actually making me worse, a worse person, a worse mother, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it's cancer. Do you cut it out or do you just live with it? And it's like, at some point you got to cut it the fuck out. Otherwise you are, you become the cancer mm-hmm. and I've been the cancer. And I like I've that you said, like, that's a good point. You know, you've been the cancer where we, you can go on. Sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 no. That's it. I've been the cancer. I know what it's like to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I like though that you had said like I can love you from afar and so people need to hear that like that it's okay it's like if you feel like I don't know what to do like they just keep drowning you know their sorrows I've tried everything like continue to try and figure out what would help but do it from afar like step aside maybe maybe they're just not ready for it maybe it's it's not you here's the deal with the exception of my daughter and and maybe my mother Right. It's probably the only two people I can think of offhand with everybody else. My love is conditional and I'm fine with that. Right. With, with veterans, it, it is conditional. And once the conditions are that it negatively impacts me and I can't love myself, got to go. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, 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 I can't, I will not climb your mountain for you. And again, there's that support and that distance from afar. There's one thing joining a person in their hole. There's another thing, just being the beacon of light so they can see there's a possibility. And even with, with uh, this particular friend, it wasn't like I didn't talk to her for those six months. It's just, she's like, Hey, let's go to the bar. Nope. Hey, why don't you come over and have drinks? Nope. Hey, I'm having a shitty day. Cause I made the same mistake again. Why don't you come over and tell me why it's not my fault this time? Nope. But I would say, Hey, you want to go do something? Let's go to the beach. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go do something. That's a healthy activity, right? Let's go for a run. Nope. Okay. But then, like this year, actually, we we started kind of being friends again, if you will, or hanging out again. We went did we went did a a five k together. I was like, okay, there was a healthy activity, yeah. And then we and we went to a festival that night, and it was like, all right, that was a healthy like those are healthy activities, right? Right, because we're out and about. Yeah, we had drinks because we're out and about at a festival, but we weren't sitting in in, in the house drinking and doing the what was me. We were having you know we were celebrating and going out and. You can, there is a place where you can do it. I'm not one of those abstained from all things that are fun. No. Yeah. And it wasn't well, a coping be, thing. No, but you got to be right with yourself first. Yes. So, so important. So absolutely. What you're saying is, uh, is dead on when you struggle, you're going to struggle. All the people are going to struggle, but you can't let their struggle become the cancer within your struggle mm-hmm. because we're susceptible. Yes, we are. So I, I'm curious now, now to uh, question number one, (laughs) um, clearly like no one walks out of the, the womb having this mentality. I mean, and that'd be pretty amazing if you did, but so how in the hell did you get to having like such a, like self-aware, like have made it through your struggles? Like how, or did you come out of the womb like that? To a certain degree, absolutely. I, I talk nature versus nurture. I think about Myers-Briggs versus PI index and all these things that analyze who you are and how you are. And some of them focus on the nature. 
some of them are on the nurture and some are the combination of both. And I don't have the slightest fucking clue. Um, but I know who I was when I was born based on who my parents are, my grandparents are. I know what I've been through and some of the little things. I mean, my mom said from day one um, that I'm a fighter. Uh, I was I'm, I was born with a rare um, food intolerance and it almost killed me or what I was basically at death's door um, first six, seven months of my life. And I've been a fighter ever since. Right. And there's a difference between fighting and surviving. Right. I didn't just survive. Uh, my sister has the same thing I did. And she kind of just survived it until they figured out what the fuck was wrong with me. And then they're like, oh, let's probably stop giving this kid the thing that he can't have. But with me, I was a fighter because I had it worse. So I fought it. I fought it. I fought it. I've been fighting ever since the day I was born, literally, figuratively, however you want to say that. And I love fighting. I love conflict. I think it's definitely a, uh, a nurture thing. I think that's just how I was raised. I watched my parents fight. I got really good at it. And now I just pick fights. And pick fights is a good thing. I like picking fights. I like conflict. When I was a kid, I was the smallest kid in my grade, small little Catholic school. I ran my fucking mouth. Why? Because it's what I could do. I couldn't fight, but I could run my fucking mouth. I got my ass kicked in the second grade, in the sixth grade, in the eighth grade, in the ninth grade, in the 10th grade. And all of a sudden, 10th grade, I was six foot nothing, right? And then I could stand up for myself. And then people didn't want to fight me anymore. And I've been running my mouth since. Like, that's what I'm good at, I think. I like talking. I like expressing my opinion. I like throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks. And because of that, I pissed off a lot of people. I, I caught myself a, a little reprimand when I was in Gitmo. I pretty much stood at the parade rest when I was in Iraq for just dumb shit, you know, uniform shit, sort of like this shit. Because I just, I would always run my mouth and my squad in Iraq is one of the best leaders I ever knew um, to this day. Not a day goes by, I don't think about him because he had the discipline to put up with me being a 21, 22 year old fucking E4 mafia punk, right? Because I ran my damn mouth. That's what I've always done. My mouth has got me into and out of every situation I've ever been in. I've been kicked out of networking groups, I've left business partnerships because I don't accept what is. I want more. I want different. I fight for different. It's better. Sometimes it doesn't turn out better, but that's it. Can I have some shitty? Oh, there you go. My audio back, we good? Yep. No, fucking drop my shit. <laughs> you back? You there? Yep. But so you were saying like the you struggle, said... baby. I forgot to put my phone on. Do not disturb. That's how she goes. Um, we're in the middle of. So it sounds like passion. Sounds like passion. You got passion, and so like you just don't oh. accept what is. You wanna you wanna throw in your passion. Wherever, whatever situation that is. No, I'm, I'm in a, exactly. I'm in a CEO group right now. There's 10 of us, 11 of us in the CEO group. And we did an exercise last month talking about who brings what to the table. And I'm not the smartest guy. I don't have the biggest company. I don't have the, the best fucking degrees. But what they, what the, the group basically assessed was, and he brings it all. He brings everything he's got. It might not be much, but it's the passion. It's the vulnerability. It's the fucking can-do attitude. We need volunteers to, to do these two initiatives. I was like, I'll do both. I'll do both because I know I'm in my best when I'm involved. I will put the fucking work in. Like, just like the military, right? There's only three things you need to do to be successful in the military. Time, place, uniform. Mm -hmm. Show the fuck up. Be ready to fucking work and be where you need to be. And sometimes the place, that's what you have the choice over. 
If you got a shitty job, fuck off. Go get a different job. Change the place. <laughs> Put this uniform on that recognizes you. I wear camel pants. Shit, I'll show you. I wear fucking camel pants every day. I have been because it's what I do. I own my company. We wear camel pants because it's what we know. And we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. And the time. Time is now. Do the fucking I- thing. Like, I saw your thing on Facebook. I was scrolling to Facebook. She's like, hey, I want people on podcasts. Yes. Every podcast I hear about, I'm like, yeah, I want to do the fucking podcast. I don't give a shit if we're talking about veterans. We're talking about the environment. We're, t- we're talking about millennials and generational issues. If there's a fucking podcast and someone will have me, I will go there and say fucking words. Because that's what I want to do. Because mm-hmm. the time is now. It is. Yesterday's fucking gone. Tomorrow ain't here yet. So now is a really good time to do everything. Absolutely. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Damn. I'm getting the vibe that you are probably really good at being an army reserve career counselor. Like sounds like the personality that I wish I would have had, you know, in that transition back, like rather than choosing all these different destructive coping mechanisms to throw myself a little I love my fucking job. I love my job. A lot of people, especially in the military, you don't like your job or don't love it, right? And you can be like, I'm in love with all the things I do. No, I really love my job. My job, it fits my my definition of success. My definition of success is threefold. It's only three things to be successful. I go places. I say words. I don't think about money. That is my definition of success to life. I break it down that simple. And as a career counselor, that's what I do. I go to units. I don't just sit stagnant in my house or my own building. I go places. I go to units. I talk to soldiers, right? And I get paid to do it. That's a fucking win. Now, what we talk about, I don't get to decide what we talk about. We don't talk about the career. We talk about marriage. We talk about family. We talk about finances. We talk about certain businesses. We talk about benefits. We talk about schooling, whatever it is. And then my job is not to sell. I don't like selling. Even in my businesses, I don't sell. I consult. Mm-hmm. My job is to arm you with the information you need to know to make a decision. Right? I got numbers like everybody else. We have to re-enlist X number of soldiers every year. I have my mission. I don't ever think about my fucking mission. That's just the scoreboard. I'm going to play the fucking game right. And my job, right, the game I am in is informing soldiers. So I don't sit there and be like, you should rejoin the Army Reserves because here are the benefits. I ain't a fucking recruiter. I'm not there to lie to folks. I can't sell you a flavor of ice cream you already done had. I got to just tell you how the ice cream can help you and support you. And sometimes when soldiers come to me and say, I don't think I want to re-enlist, and here are my reasons. All right, sounds good. What do you mean sounds good? Fine. Those are your mm-hmm. reasons. You're making the decision what's best for you and your family. I'm not going to argue with you. However, what I don't want right? The, the thing that drives me, my motivation is I don't want you to make a decision because you were uninformed. Right. And in the last six years of doing this job, I consistently make my numbers because I don't think about them. I just, they just hit. I consistently get, you know, decent NCERs, right? I don't give a shit about any of that, right? Those are, those are the metrics, right? But what matters to me is soldiers come up to me and they approach me. They come to me with questions because I'm a resource for them. That shows me that I'm doing my job right. I'm approachable. I'm relatable. They have a question I don't have the answer to. I'll go find the fucking answer because it's my job to have the answer. And sometimes there isn't an answer. Sometimes we just need to have a conversation and the truth is within them. It's my job to bring it out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, 
like I said, I bet you are like perfect for that. How long you've been doing that position? I mean, except for walking out of the womb. Basically, yeah, I mean, basically six years as a career counselor. Um, and I think it took about three years to hit my stride. You know, the first year you just figure out the, how the systems work. And then I would just go talk to, I would just go talk to soldiers. That was it. But, you know, mm-hmm. two, three years, I really hit my stride. And now it's, uh, it's simple. I, I show up and just have conversations. That's it. Throughout your childhood, you know, you talked about being a fighter and, and your mom being there for you other than like your mom's and knowing that, you know, it was a volatile from what you had, we discussed prior to the call, like kind of a volatile childhood with like yelling and stuff. And so what kind of, did you have anyone like Andy in your life, like sitting there, like being a support, like a mentor or someone you could go to other than your mom? Oh yeah. And, and my parents, uh, they're still married. My parents were, were, you know, but it was just, it was all they did is fight for 20 years. Right. That, that was, that's what I thought normal was. That's what I thought marriage was. You have kids and then you scream every night about money. Like I'm like, Oh, that's marriage. Right. And now my parents are much better off and just cause they chose different, but it was, it wasn't great. Um, but no, I, I absolutely had mentors. We all had mentors. There's no such thing as a self-made man um, or, or woman for that matter. But uh, I leaned in on some of my bosses at the time. Uh, I worked at a gas station, a pizza place. And in both those, um, the men that own those businesses, I looked at them as father figures and mentors because they, they taught me business and I understood business. And, and then, you know, in understanding business, you understand life and vice versa. Uh, I worked for a farmer. I remember I worked for, I worked for this farmer. His name was Dan. He was right next to the gas station I worked at. Everything was like right there in walking distance. But uh, I, I missed a shift. I straight up just slept in, didn't come in on like a Saturday morning at 5 a.m. to go pick corn. I wasn't trying to have that, right? I was 15, 16 being the shit. And then the next day I showed up all like, oh, I didn't know I worked yesterday, right? And like, it was kind of a loose thing. And his wife fucking like threw me out the house, yelled and screamed at me. I was, you know, motherfucked me like the whole nine yards. And I remember he told me, get on the truck. We went and pick corn. We didn't talk for three hours. And at the end of it, we're driving back and he's like, you know, I was 15 too. And I was kind of a little shit. He goes, so I get it. He goes, you're going to take your fucking lickings every now and then, but you know what? You showed up the next day to keep showing up and she'll get over it. Now, when I go visit them every once in a while, oh my God, it's just nothing but hugs and rainbows and unicorns and shit with her because she was done with me. And it's not like he gave me another chance. He just, it wasn't him for him to decide. He was like, Hey, if you show up. Okay. And that was it. I showed up the next day. I shit the bed one day. I showed up the next. Going back to what I said earlier, I can't do anything about yesterday. But today is the fucking day. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and those, those men, mentors, people, mostly men, there's also been women, no doubt, uh, female bosses I've had. Um, those people, they didn't decide when you came and went. They decided to give you opportunities. I never got fired from a job in my life. Now, I've quit jobs because it wasn't the right fit. But I've never been fired because I still showed up. Even when, when I wasn't right, I still showed up and, and try to figure it out. And it's absolutely those mentors. And, and to the day I die, I'll remember um, who those people were and give them, you know, give them the credit that's due because they invested their time and energy and expertise in me. And I was a little shit kid. I mean, I'm 37 years old. I'm probably a little shit in a lot of people's eyes still. <laughs> you know, 
that story there like is a really good life lesson that probably a lot of people have been through in a different way but um for those listening or watching this like that didn't show up the next day like hopefully they can acknowledge that that was a bitch move and like I I like that the the husband um the man had said like look just show back up and he had it was out of his control like look we'll see what we'll see what comes from this and so the lesson I wanted to speak on there is like there's some times in life where you know like we fail we fall we fall short or we intentionally fell short like a bitch and you could either sit there and walk away and and make excuses for it or just like meh that happened next or you could do something about it and just show back up the next day and move on from it. It's a good life lesson there because it's probably one that a lot of us have had in a different way. Right. I would say majority of the time when you fail or you perceive you failed, you you wrong somebody. It, it, if you show up the next day and acknowledge what happened, I'll, I'll make the argument nine out of 10 times, it'll make that relationship stronger. Yeah, it goes Sometimes so much further. Right? There's some things you do that you can't come back from. And that's part of life, but you got to own it. Mm -hmm. If you don't do something really stupid, like cheat on your significant other, and they don't want you back, all right. You might have fucked up at the time, but at least you owned it moving forward. The challenge is most of those people, they don't own it moving forward. And they don't own shit. And, and 10 out of 10 times, they don't own shit because they're busy blaming and making excuses. But if you own it 10 out of 10 times, right? 9 out of 10 times is probably going to work out for the better. And one time it ain't because because th that would be a, a, a world without consequences, repercussion. Sometimes you're going to do something egregious enough where there is no repairing that opportunity, that relationship, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, but you got to but you got to go through life failing and acknowledging your failures. And it's like anything else. Once you're better at failing, it's easier to do it. Get it good at failing. Takes me. It takes me back to what you said about like. I will not climb this mountain for you. Like, and you're going to fall on that mountain. You know, might have to turn around, go back, get a shoe. But you right. no, no one's going to climb the mountain for you. No. And a good leader ain't, ain't behind you pushing your fucking ass up the hill. A good leader is out up in front of you saying, hey, I've already been there. I'm already doing it. I can see more than you. Right. Join me. Those are your fucking mentors. Leader, mentor, teacher, whatever the fucking word is. Right. I uh, I used to do this bit. bit. You ain't gotta be a uh, how'd it go? Uh, you ain't gotta be a leader to lead, a teacher to teach, or a preacher to preach, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're if you're if you're if they're following, you're leading. If they're singing, you're preaching, and if they're learning, you're teaching. I used to do a bit like that, but like it's true. Go do the fucking thing. You get one person that you impact. Now you're that leader, that teacher, that preacher. But you gotta go out and get in front of them and make some fucking noise along the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be loud and proud. That's not what I was going to say, but um, there's this new pink song where she says like, uh, be loud and be proud of like, of the scars, scars, you own that shit and be loud. And find your platform, right? Pink goes mm -hmm. out there on stage and cuts albums. You're doing a podcast. Right. I, I, I live it every day with the people I'm around. I don't accept bullshit excuses. I have the one on one 
conversations and relationships within business. I go out of my way to go to you know more networking and business groups and veteran groups. So I have my platform to speak my perspective. Mm-hmm. But you gotta be you gotta be loud and proud about it. You know, proud is a beautiful thing when you're proud of where you were, where you've been, and who you're gonna take with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Pride is pride can be a problem when you think you already done made it. And you yes, think people got that's a fixed mindset. Feet. Exactly. Right. I am here, therefore. No, fuck off. I was there. I'm here now. I'm going there. Let's yeah. fucking go. There, oh. Those are two very different things. I love all that. It's so good that you are continuing to just go on, put your voice out there on all your plat on your platform. Like such great messages to be sent to people. I love it. So that brings me to uh, my next question, and and maybe uh, it's kind of continuing exactly what you're doing since you clearly thrive on uh your mission your job and so if money and resources like weren't an issue like what are your biggest dreams on like what andy's got in his head and what he wants to put out into the world i got nothing i don't have a bucket list i do things and then i'm like oh that's probably a bucket list item i i go through life i enjoy every moment and occasionally, right, in reflection, you realize those are the defining moments. When you want to have a defining moment, it ain't going to fucking happen. Right? A great story about Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann thought he was going to have this defining moment on Monday Night Football and proved to everybody why he was the best quarterback in the NFL. He broke his leg and never played another football game again and eventually found himself that he had to give himself up to God, right, because his defining moment wasn't about him. It was about how not in control he was. Got it, right? So he had an idea of what he had an idea of what success looked like, and he tried so hard to make it happen. The reverse happened, and and, and it was better for for him in the long run because he realized how insignificant he was in the greater good and the greater plan. And for me, it's similar. I uh, I just show up every fucking day. I I don't have these grandiose plans. I don't need to make all this money. I want to go places. I want to say words to people. And, and I don't yeah. want to have to think about money, right? Money is, a, and I think my biggest driver with money is the fact that my parents fought about money and people struggle about money and money is a root of all evil in some in people's perspectives. And I'm in business. I make fucking money, right? My KPIs are determined by money, but that's just the score. And if the score is I have money in my bank account. It allows me to have the freedom. All I'm doing with money in business is buying time. That's it. The more money I make, the more time I, I buy and the more freedom I have. That's it. Right. I want to be free to make choices. And it, so, uh, oops, sorry, go ahead. I don't have a job. I don't have a job because I have the ultimate freedom. If I want to cut out for an hour and, and jam out with you, there's nobody I ask. I put it on my fucking calendar and I go about my business. That is success. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I feel like, like you're, your voice and the, the message you have to say, like, I just see like you sharing that too. So have you done large speaking um, things, large yeah, speaking engagements? And so a Ted, okay. I'll have to make sure I get I that in the notes. In the oh, they, notes. Yeah, they took me, they, 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 my TEDx got taken down because someone bitched and said I plagiarized oh. uh, on, a, on, a, on a poem. We talked about the, the holes. 
Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a piece that I read on a website, no doubt, and I reference it, and I use it within my TEDx, and another veteran bitched about me and uh, got it taken off for uh, accused plagiarism. Ted said, nope, this isn't plagiarism, never accused me of plagiarism, but because it offended and hurt somebody's feeling or perceived plagiarism, they just took it off. That's so, a lot of effort for someone to go through just to take someone's story down. That's well, and again, in the bitch of it, it was a, a veteran podcaster that did it. Never met me day in my life. Never reached out to me, but wanted to talk shit on LinkedIn about me. That's like any other adage. You want to have the biggest building in fucking town. You either build the biggest building or you tear somebody else's building down. And and that's the challenge more than the veteran community, right? People still going to tear each other down. And I can sit here and kumbaya that ass and say, we got to come together. Now there's going to be some shitty people. Go back to my thirds. There are shitty veterans out there, just like there are shitty people. Right, it's what you choose to do in the struggle that defines you. Mm. I'm pissed off a lot of veterans and veteran groups because I go out there, I put myself out there, I speak my perspective. If you don't like it, then let's have a fucking debate. Educate me, teach me something I don't know before. Or we're gonna have two different perspectives because the nature and the nurture, we've seen different, we think different, we do different, but I still respect your perspective. But if you're not willing to sit down and have a fucking conversation about it, then fuck off and pound sand because it goes back to time, place, uniform. You can't just bitch from afar. That ain't how this fucking world works. You can't be a non-combatant in a world that's full of fucking con conflict. And there are a lot of people, veteran community and non-veteran community, that want to sit in their fucking high horse, run their fucking mouth, but they're not doing anything. They don't do the fucking thing. I run a business. I hire people. I take chances. I stimulate the economy. I raise my daughter, right? I do these things that matter to me, and I do them. I do them fucking loudly. I do them proudly. But I don't sit back with my fucking pride thinking I'm better than folks because of what I've gone through. No, I'm just, I'm better than I was yesterday. That's the only person I'm up against. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the fucking question was. Oh, you said speaking big. So actually, one of the reasons I got done, or one of the reasons I stopped doing keynotes after my TEDx, partially the pandemic, no doubt that hurt the business. Um, also, it got to a point where it became a business. All of a sudden, getting keynotes was a priority. All of a sudden, I went to this thing that was a passion project. And I promoted it from passion project to side hustle to full-time career. Also, I was like, I'm going to go out and be a keynote speaker. As soon as it was here, it was no longer fun. Mm -hmm. And now, whether it's podcasting, um, keynote speaking, hosting networking events, it's got to be fun. If right. I don't enjoy doing it, if it turns into a chore, I don't fucking do it. Because once it's a chore, I'm not dedicating myself to my craft. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm at now. So. I love the opportunity I have to be on this podcast. Next year, there's a good chance I'll uh, release a podcast. Maybe I'll write a fucking book. I've been talking about it for years. By the time I fucking step up, stop talking, start doing. And then I'm just going to spread my message, spread my perspective. And if people want to come back at me and argue, let's go. In the conflict, let's get to a point where we get a better understanding of each other. Absolutely. So I see. I mean, clearly that looks like that's in your future. And we don't have to call it like, you know, hopes or dreams, but like to get your voice out there more is seems like that's what Andy, Andy wants and you're doing it and you're doing it loud and you should keep it up. I'm so glad that you yeah. got to be on here today. Like it is so much that people need to hear. And so far with the recordings that I've heard, like sometimes with the 
interviews I've had, some people, we will touch on that, but you really put it to it just raw and loud and proud. And like, that's what some, some of us need to hear it that way. And sometimes some of us need to hear it that way all the time. So thank you, Andy, for being on here today. And, uh, I look forward to possibly a book, possibly a podcast, or just seeing you as you continue. Well, and even the stuff that you don't see on the outside, you know, we don't see what you're doing for these veterans in this career counseling. And I can only imagine that you are making a difference in so many ways that like people just have no idea. And that is super cool that you are the person in front of people going up that mountain. I love all your different, I love all your figurative language. (laughs) Absolutely. I appreciate Appreciate you having me. This is, uh, this has been my highlight, highlight of this week, something I've been looking forward to. So Good, I'm glad, and I can't wait for people to hear. All right, well, you have a fabulous day, and I will talk to you later. Sounds good. Thanks, Jen. Bye.